You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. It's Crystal Iram here. I'm a relationship coach for smart, successful, spiritual women. And today I am talking about four reasons why your relationships might start out really great. Like the first date or two dates or maybe even three dates are great. And he's a total dreamboat. And then it's like that. It just goes to hell in a handbasket. And you're just like, how did he seem so sweet in the beginning and actually ended up being such a huge jerk? So that's what we're talking about today. So this is a really common thing that I know comes up for a lot of people. So you meet someone and he just seems fantastic. Like the first date, especially on the first date, the first date, the second date, maybe a third date, he is just like a dream. You're just like, oh my gosh, maybe I've met my person because he just seems so fantastic and like such a fit for me. And we have such an amazing connection and how could it not be him? And it just feels like everything is really flowing and it just feels really good. And you're like, yes, this is what I want. This is what I've been waiting for. And then it's like, all of a sudden everything changes and you're just like, what happened to this guy that I was going out with? Because he was such a doll. And this guy that I'm dealing with now seems like a total jerk. I just don't understand. But I want to go through some of the reasons that this happens. So, you know, the first reason, I'm going to go through four reasons, actually. And these, this is not going to be a totally exhaustive list. This is four of the reasons that are very common and four of the reasons that you can really sort of keep in mind so that you can just allow the energy around that to dissipate. So you're not putting so much um, stock in someone when it's that early on in the relationship. So The first reason is that the very beginning, when you don't know someone, you're just a stranger and it is very easy to create a really strong positive impression for someone that you don't have anything with. You know, it's a total blank slate. Like he just gets to show up and turn on his charm and like see who he's in front of. I'm saying charm, but all of the reasons that I'm giving, everything that I'm talking about is sort of with the assumption that this is like a a healthy sort of average person. I'm not talking about like someone who is a narcissist because narcissists do have a tendency to really lay it on heavy in the beginning. They do a process called love bombing. You know, a lot of people who are sort of unhealthy and who are likely to end up in abusive relationships, that will be their pattern. So that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm really talking about just like the average guy. He's pretty healthy. He's looking for a relationship. He'll take a hookup if that's all he can get. But yeah, so that's, I just wanted to make that one caveat that I'm not talking about someone who has some sort of unhealthy dynamic going on, just your average Joe. So when you have this total blank slate, it's just very easy to put on the charm. And that's really all it is. You know, it's like if you know that you're just like going out somewhere, like most people, we sort of innately, we want to make a good first impression. And so sometimes that's what you got to chalk it up to. Like, This was just someone who was trying to make a good first impression. And then after that first date, he was able to make that great first impression, but he wasn't actually feeling anything. So, you know, one thing that women do when they're dating 
that is really important to become aware of is that we do not spend enough time vetting the men that we go out with. And so it creates sort of a low barrier to entry, if you will, (laughs) because for men, often enough, if they can go through dates one, two, and three, essentially without offending you, they will likely have the opportunity to have sex with you. Just statistically speaking, a lot of women will have sex after a third or fourth date. So all they really need to do is not offend you. And women will often take this time period where they're getting to know someone, where they're talking. And basically, if he's able to make you laugh and you feel like he's like relatively smart and has some sort of stability, you're looking for reasons to like him. So it's like that's sort of positive when you think about it in that way. But the downside of that, the negative thing is that you're not really considering him in a serious way. You're not vetting him. When I say vetting him, I mean, you are not focusing on the things that you need to know, finding out the information that's really going to serve you in terms of determining whether or not this is someone you can have a real relationship with. You're just dating him and he's making you laugh and he's making you smile and you're like, oh, he's so handsome and he has a really good job. And it's like, you're done basically. Like he just gets to sort of roll with that. Like he can ride that wave a little bit basically until he can have sex with you. And, you know, I point this out because it's important to really be aware that on one level, that is what men are going to want. And it's like, I'm always hesitant to talk about like what men want in that way. Cause it makes it to women. It's like, to us, it sounds sort of vulgar and like, Oh, he just wants me for sex. And I think a lot of women have that belief. And I don't think that's really true. Like, I don't think that most men only want sex. I think most men want sex are happy to have sex if it's available. But when we put this out as like a thing where it's like, that's their primary focus, that's their primary goal. I don't think it's true. I don't think it serves us. And it definitely doesn't serve the way that we relate to them. Because when we go in to, you know, these early on dates and we're just like, he just wants to have sex with me. You're setting it up so that you are really adversarial. So Alison Armstrong, if you're not familiar with her work, I think she's absolutely brilliant. One of the things that she says is that men and women very naturally have this adversarial relationship because we want things from each other. And so it can feel like if I'm not able to get what I want from this other being, then like that's my enemy. And so there's certain things that we do, in my opinion, that like makes that worse. When we are thinking negative things about men, when we're sure that men are only using us for sex or when we're sure that all men are jerks, it makes that adversarial relationship that much stronger. And we're also perpetuating it in a way that does not help us get closer to what we want. So obviously some men are bad guys, but I don't like to put it as a thing where it's like, men are bad or most men are bad. Cause like, I just don't think that. And I think that telling that story is getting you further away from what you actually want. So if what you want is a happy, healthy, loving relationship with a man, then don't tell those stories. You want to start telling the stories of what you want to see, but I'm digressing a little bit. So my point was really just that, yes, men want to have sex. It's not their fault that a lot of women will have sex after a third date. If you don't want to end up in a situation where you find out right after you have sex with him that he's not who you thought, then you get to vet him more. You get to ask those questions, find out the information that you need because you get to recognize and know that going into a first date, he has a totally blank slate and it could just be up to him wanting to create a strong, positive, you know, first impression and just wanting to make a good enough impression long enough that he will get to the point that you will have sex. Okay. So that was the first one. Oh, well, no. So that was really the first two because the second one is really that he is 
hoping for sex and that ultimately if he can go without offending you for the first few dates, he has a good chance of getting it. So if you find that someone sort of turns into a jerk right after you have sex, then that's probably the reason. So this is not saying don't have sex with him until you're in a committed relationship. There's no like rules around it. The rule, actually, I shouldn't say that. There is a rule. Do it when you really want to. (laughs) So it's like, don't do it because you think it's going to have a particular impact on the relationship or on how he feels about you. Men do not fall in love because of the sex that they have. So if you're doing it because you think it's going to affect the way he feels about you, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Do it because you really want to and you sort of don't really care what happens. If you can do it, you can just be like, this is what sounds fun to me. This is what I feel like doing. I like him. We have a connection. It's going to feel great. And no matter what happens, I'm going to feel happy with the decision. That's the time that you do it. If you're like, I like him, but I don't know if maybe it's a little too soon or like, I hope he calls after, then like, don't do it. That's not the place that you want to come from because you're not fully behind it. And that's going to make it less enjoyable for everybody. I mean, less so him. (laughs) He's probably still going to have a great time. More so for you. So do it when you really, really want to do it. Don't try to create like an arbitrary rule around it. And the, the task that you're doing until then is really vetting him, really gathering that information that is going to serve you. So this means that on your dates, you're going to have to ask him different questions than what the average woman might ask. You know, it's not about making it like an interview or being like so heavy where you're just like, what's your five-year plan? What are your intentions with me? How many other women are you seeing? how many children would you like to have? Like, it's not about making it an interview where you're being like super intense and asking him these like loaded questions so you can figure out if he's the one. It's about asking him questions that go beyond the surface. So it's like, it does not matter like what his mom and dad do. Like really, who cares? You know, where he's traveled in the last year or where he has on his bucket list to go in the next year. Like how much does that really matter? You've got to think a little bit deeper. Like, what information do you actually want to know? You know, the travel one is one that I use as an example a lot because people love talking about that. And it's just like everyone puts it on their dating profiles and it's just like, get over yourself. It's not so significant. I think people just put too much weight on that. Like, as for women also, where it's like, you think that makes you really unique and special. And with men as well, like, where has he traveled? Or they'll say, like, oh my gosh, he's traveled to so many places. You guys, travel does not make someone a better partner. What you're really looking for is probably something like, does he have a sense of adventure? Is he interested in things sort of outside of himself? But you have to understand that some people do not, like, they just don't have the financial situations that that's something that has felt like an easy access to them. Or maybe it hasn't been a priority, but it doesn't mean that they don't have an interest in it. So it's like, what are you really getting at? And I'm using travel as an example, but it's with anything that you're asking. So it could be that you're running for a sense of an adventure. It could be that you're wondering if he has an interest in other cultures. It could be if you're just trying to find out if he's passionate about something, but there are other things that can show that he has passions and interests. So I know I'm really hitting on this whole travel thing, but that's just one example that I do think comes up a lot. My computer is dying. I need my computer cord. I am texting my husband to see if he'll bring it in for me. And I'm betting he will because he's really caring like that. Okay. So asking those questions that like make him dig a little bit deeper. One of the best ways that you can do this is by asking like hypothetical situations or like asking something that is going to like catch him off guard a little bit. Women often show up and we are trying to impress the guy. Like if we 
show up on a date, like let's say that you met someone on Hinge and you show up and you're like, oh my God, he's he's cuter than his pictures and he's taller than I realized. Then it's like all of a sudden we're like, what is he like? What does he think of me? Is this like, am I saying the right things? Like we get all nervous and we start losing our words and everything gets flustered and we're just like trying to impress him and everything just shifts because you're now trying to, you're trying to impress him and don't do that. You want to stay focused on like, what information do I need? What can I find out about him that will actually help me and seeing if I like him if seeing if there's really something there. I heard the door open. Yes, husband. (laughs) Yeah. He brought me my cord. He's the best. He did. He did. Um, Listen, I'm telling you, there are amazing men out there. (laughs) Kobe's just one, but there are others. I promise you he is not the only one. (laughs) So where was I? I was talking about vetting him, really asking those questions and, you know, not being afraid of saying something that like might make him be like, what? Why are you asking me that? So for example, one of the questions that I, that I asked Kobe actually really early on on our dates, you know, was, (laughs) this is going to sound so weird, but the way that I said it was pretty flirtatious. Like I wasn't like hammering into him and like looking for him to mess up and say something wrong, but I was just like, I have a question for you. And he's like, oh God, I'm nervous. And I was like, what is the closest you've come to hitting a woman? You know? And it's like, when I met him, I had, I knew that that wasn't going to be like a triggering thing for him because he had like a, he was like a gentle person, but it was really finding like what things irk him. Like what, what gets his goat? Like what gets him really annoyed? You know, we also talked about things like if you were friends with a couple and you found out that like one of them was cheating on the other, like, what would you do? Just like hypothetical questions, like dig into it a little more than like, what do your parents do? You got to sprinkle them in though, because it's like when I asked him that question and we ended up having a whole conversation sort of around it because it wasn't something that was super simply asked and answered, you know, I then let the conversation flow sort of naturally. So it's not about rapid fire. Like, let me get as many questions from this person as I can so that I can vet him so that I can find out if he's the one for me. So that, you know, it's like, it's not about rushing it. It's about knowing in the back of your mind, like what things are important to me. And throughout the time that we are spending together, what do I want to know? Like what information matters to me? So I was trying to find out like the things that irk him a little bit. So it was like, that was something that I cared about because I really wanted someone who was pretty calm. Like to me, it would have been really challenging to be with someone who had a temper. If he was like, oh, well, this bitch pissed me off on the road earlier today and I wanted to hit her. Like that would have been like, okay, (laughs) important information for me to know. You know, he really had to rack his brain to think of a time where a woman had really upset him. And I'm not saying use this specific question. I just mean like you can be creative. And the thing is that Men meet a lot of women. Like most men who's between 20 and 50, let's say, 60 really. I mean, older. It really depends. For men, it's like any man over like 20 or so. If he is reasonably good looking, if he has a relatively stable job, 
and like knows how to talk to women so much, he is going to have met a lot of women and there's a good chance that he's been on a lot of dates. And so for you to ask some questions that are like a little bit out of the box that maybe he hasn't been asked before, like that's going to be an interesting thing for him. Like that will make your conversation, the date a little bit more exciting. Like I think as women, we really worry about offending. Like I don't want to say something that offends him on average most men are much less easily offended than most women. That's what I'm saying. That's that's my stance on it. So, you know, don't try to be offensive. Don't try to be offensive. Like, if you were going out with someone who you can see clearly has anger issues, he's, like, very intense, then don't ask that. Like, I wouldn't have asked a question like that if I had thought Kobe was going to be triggered because I didn't know him well enough that I was, like, trying to really get into, you know, something deep in that way. So... I went on that a little bit longer than I meant to, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, So yeah, blank slate is the first reason. It's really easy to be charming with someone you don't know. Second reason is that they're hoping for sex and they sort of know if they can go a couple of dates without offending you, they are going to have sex. And now you know that your way to move past that is by properly vetting them and asking some of those deeper questions. The third reason It's just that they decided they're not interested in a relationship with you. And so what you're interpreting as him being a jerk is really just he doesn't want to be with you. I know that's going to land kind of hard with some people because that can feel really, it can feel hard to hear. If you meet someone and you like him, then it feels like there's got to be another reason. There has got to be some other reason that he's not being nice to me. And I just cannot accept that it's because he does not want to be in a relationship with me. You know, women often we get the we get the answers to things like we hear not even we hear sometimes we just know like we get the answer we get the answer however it is we get it and we don't want to accept it we want to keep like digging we want to look for something more involved more complex more dramatic because our emotions are so dramatic and that's not putting women down I don't mean that in a negative way Our emotions feel big to us. They can feel really dramatic. When you are in your feelings, it can feel like they're just, they're big. They're everywhere. And so we feel like whatever explanation we're getting for something should be equally as big and dramatic. And so we're sort of like looking for something further. But if you meet someone and he is being a jerk to you, and it's only been a few dates, there's a good chance that he just decided he does not want to be with you. And you know, you got to see what you're doing, you know, and this is actually the main reason that I encourage women not to pursue, not because like, I feel like women are supposed to just like sit and wait, but because I think that gives you a really strong gauge of where his feelings are when you can see how much effort he is interested in putting forth in the relationship. You know, what does he want to do? What is he actually, what is he actually willing to do to like get to know you more and to spend more time with you and to see if you're really a great fit for him. So Melanie says, most people usually reveal who they are within the first 15 to 30 minutes upon first meeting. Mm, That's interesting. I don't know if I, I don't know if I think that's true. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think some people do. I think that a lot of people can tell within even less time than that whether or not they feel a vibe with someone, like if they like someone, if they're interested in knowing them more, but whether people reveal who they are, I actually really don't think that's true. I think for a lot of people, they'll reveal parts of themselves in 15 to 30 minutes, but some people will keep who they are hidden for six months, a year, years. So 
I don't think that's the full story. I think you can definitely, if you're able to like tap into your intuition, you can probably tell if someone is not going to be a good fit for you. Like if someone says something that's sort of weird, people can definitely show red flags that quickly. But I think most people take a bit more time to reveal who they are. Oh, so I was talking about men who are just not interested in a relationship. So yeah, this is the reason that I often encourage women not to pursue because you get to see how interested he is. Because if you had two dates and on your side, they were just fantastic. They were so good and you were so connected, but then he doesn't call and then you keep calling him and he's sort of like being dismissive towards you. It's like, that's why he's being a jerk. He's being a jerk because he's not interested in being in a relationship with you. And it doesn't feel good to say that he doesn't want to have to deal with it. For most men, they are not going to be as comfortable expressing themselves, explaining themselves as most women are. So the pressure that we put on them to express their feelings, to explain what they're thinking and feeling, it's not just that they don't like doing it. It's that it's actually much more challenging for them. They do not have the same sort of connection with their emotions and their words. Some of this is actually biological, like they're not wired the same as we are. And then obviously a lot of it is just conditioned. Men are not encouraged generally to talk about their feelings and it it just doesn't feel natural to them. Even for someone who really wants to express himself, it can feel really unnatural for them if they haven't had an opportunity to do it previously. You know, it's like I find even with my husband, it's not always easy for him to express himself. I'll ask him, you know, what does that feel like for you? And he's like, I literally don't know what you're talking about. Like, I could be talking a different language. He's just like, I, I don't understand the words you're saying. Like, how, what am I supposed to be feeling? Like, how would I feel it? It's just a different experience that they have. So they often do not want to have to explain why they do not want to keep seeing you. He's like, I can feel something that tells me my life is not going to be enhanced by having this woman in it. But beyond that, I can't explain it. And so for you to sort of keep calling or keep texting and like wanting an explanation, he's just like, bitch, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) And so that's when guys start really kind of acting like jerks is like you're pushing them for something that he does not feel equipped to give or that he just doesn't want to give. If he's already decided he's not interested in pursuing a relationship with you, then it's not worth his energy to express it. You know, one of the things that's very different about men and women is like we put it as sort of a priority the way that we relate. And men really enjoy like efficiency. They like things to be efficient, right? And, you know, for them, sometimes relating the way that we do, it takes more energy than it does for us. And so it's almost like imagine him being like, I need to conserve my energy because if I try to explain to this woman that I don't even want to be with why I don't want to be with her like that is going to wipe me out it is absolutely going to drain me and I'm probably going to say the wrong thing and then she's going to yell at me and this is just going to be a whole big horrible mess and like oh my god what if she starts crying when I say why I don't want to be with her like I gotta just get out of here I have to avoid this situation because uh, it's just too overwhelming I can't deal so they don't want to have to explain themselves. So if he is being a jerk and he just like didn't call after the first few dates, he just doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. Allow that to be a sufficient reason. We don't need to have a dramatic explanation. If someone doesn't want to be with you, just allow that to be the reason. You know, what a lot of women do is they take it on themselves. Well, what did I do wrong? 
it went so well. Like, I don't know what I said. Do you think he didn't like that I was wearing green? Maybe I should have straightened my hair. He probably didn't like that my hair was curled. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. It does not mean that you did anything wrong. Maybe you did do something that turned him off, but like, who cares? Onward and upward. You got to know and trust and believe that you get to have a person that appreciates you for the person that you are without all this pressure on like, how can I be someone else? How can I be this person that pleases him specifically? Let that go. Gianna says, I think some guys become jerks because they don't know what they want slash are emotionally unavailable. Totally. Agreed. But here's the thing. If someone is being a jerk to you, like to me, it's like very cut and dry. If someone's being a jerk to you, then like, that's that. You know, it doesn't matter if it's because he doesn't know what he wants. It doesn't matter if it's because he's emotionally unavailable. It doesn't matter if it's because he's not interested in a relationship anymore. Like you get to set the standard for how you desire to be treated. Right. So it's like if someone is treating you like a jerk, what are you going to do? This is such a crazy misconception about boundaries. People think like boundaries mean I'm going to say what my boundary is and then you are required to keep my boundary. That's your job. You keep my boundary. I set that boundary. And then it's like, no, 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 you're crossing my boundary. Stop that. Change that behavior. You're crossing my boundary. How dare you? I set a boundary around that. And it's like, no, that is not what a boundary is. You set your own boundaries. And so what that means is that if someone crosses that boundary, you decide how you react in that situation. So for me, if someone was a jerk to me on a date, my boundary is people are not allowed to be jerks to me on dates. So what does that mean? I don't say to him, you stop being a jerk. Stop that. Stop that right now. No, I say, thank you for inviting me out. I'm going home now. And that's it. That's me having a boundary saying, I'm not available for this. So I am leaving. I am removing myself from the situation. Not you've crossed my boundary. You need to do something different. That's controlling. And you're not going to get where you want with that sort of behavior. So, uh, wait, do I have any other questions? I, I don't think I saw any questions. I didn't see any questions. So that is all I have for you for right now. So I am signing off. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.